T T B. Music podcast. Yeah, some person bought it from me, can't remember. Uh, what's the reference again? Is it Die Hard? Uh, I think it's uh, mass murdering people, I think the reference yeah. is. Yeah, Die Hard. It's Die Hard. Yeah, don't know what that's got to do with Christmas. No. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, this is the Christmas podcast without Christmas, sort of. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho, oh, oh. ho! Instead, we've got two Gallagher's for the price of one, uh, which may or may not be a good thing. We shall soon find out. Bog off. We have uh, Taylor Swift talking about her reputation, whatever that might be. We have LCD Sound System and his American Dream. We have Kendrick, oh my god, I really am the top of every single bloody critics list known to mankind. We'll come to that in another podcast. Lamar with Damn. Damn. And then Thundercat with a perfect album for this season, which mm. is Drunk. Yeah. And then there's a, the Sierra album, Every Day is Christmas, but you haven't listened to it. Except I've just two, listened to except it now. Two, except for two songs. I've just been listening to it. Yeah. Let's do some festive. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. let's start with the Battle of the Galliers. Um, and we'll start with Liam as you were. So, Pete, as you were. As I was. Um, okay. Uh, this is probably the the best post-Oasis Liam Gallagher album. Uh, but if that sounds like a... So you're starting with the dabbing of faint praise then. <laughs> but if that sounds like the dabbing of faint praise, I was about to say, it, it really is. Um, oh, gosh. I, there, there, there is... Um, I know that he's sort of buddied up with a, a, a co-writer on this. And actually... Okay, let's, let's, let's go to... Here comes some compliments. There's some genuine compliments here. Um, I actually think... That that they the the team behind this and Liam they brought the best out of Liam here. You get you get what you remember about Liam being a great vocalist. You get um, I was going to say you never got Liam as a great lyricist, but actually there's some there's some all right tunes on here. Yeah, yeah, you know um, this is it's a solid album, but I, I perhaps don't mean that as a compliment. Um, it's it's fine. It's passable. What what I really sort of struggle with with this album and the album that we're immediately about to review, uh, maybe we could do the two together as it's Christmas. Feel free, feel free to uh, stop with the rules. Uh, feel <laughs> free to segue into the other Gallagher's album. And I, no, I think as, take the two as a pair, and, and and I just think because everyone else will and has, um, what you've got certainly with the Liam Gallagher album is everything you remember being good about about Liam Gallagher. His voice, his his, his provocative style is um you know even in interviews you've got classic liam and this album is classic liam but what it lacks is the um it's classic no it's classic <laughs> no but then when you look at the Noel gallagher's high flying birds i'm going to come back to that sep- there's a whole other bit to this conversation yeah. review but but what you lack with Noel's album is is classic liam because it is just it's just, uh, it's just Noel, and, and bless him, he, he can, of course he can carry a tune, Jesus, um, he, he, he can project um, a good tune, but, but, 
but it lacks that snarl and that that sort of energy that ran through certainly early Oasis records. Um, so I've come all over the shop with that. So so back no, back, back to back to your original question, Pete. What did you think? Um, it's all right. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think, I, and you know, I think it, it, as you say, it's kind of hard in a way, given that their release date was a week apart and stuff. It's kind of hard not to take them together for the various different reasons. Um, the Liam one is definitely the more I still want to be in an Oasis sounding album of the, Def of the, of the, of the or, or the Beatles yeah <laughs> I want to be one of those um, bands and uh, <laughs> the singles that have been I think the singles have been well chosen off the record mm. like I think the singles I are, are, are yeah. the generally speaking the better tracks off the, the thing yeah. I agree with what you're saying it's also interesting that uh, the, uh, well, obviously one of the co-writers you were talking about is also the producer of it is Greg Kirsten who we've come across before this uh, year because he produced the last Foo Fighters album ah. and we will also mention him again a couple more times in this podcast because he's also present in two other records during this podcast believe it, believe it or not um, a bit. <laughs> I, think I, I, I prefer the Noel Gallagher album of, of, okay. of, the, of the two yeah. partly because I like the that he's trying not to just remake Oasis records. Um, clearly, there's still the kind of central point of his kind of songwriting is still that whole kind of early seventies rock, uh, rock of kind of Slade and stuff like that. And in fact, obviously, Holy Mountain, which is the the big single off this, is a huge slice of kind of Wizard Roy Woods Wizard kind of mm. um, stuff. And Talking of the Beatles, clearly there's always got to be that one point where you have the uh, be careful what you wish for, otherwise known as come together. Mm. Quite belated, in fact. Uh, but if you ignore that, I think there's some quite. I, I like the kind of Chemical Brothers kind of influence on Fort Knox and stuff like that. Um, uh, she taught me how to fly. It was clearly a song he wrote and offered to Blondie, and they turned down because. It just sounds like Heart of Glass and then the arrangement and the kind of drumming. You can just imagine kind of Blondie actually doing it as a song. Um, as the album goes on, similar to the Liam album, I think both albums kind of start better and then kind of peter out a bit. Um, although arguably the last couple of tracks on the Noel album are the most Oasis-like, I suppose. Um, you know, Man Who Built the Moon particularly. Um, you could quite easily see that slotting into a an oasis set but yeah i mean they're both they're both as you say that and i think the noel album suffers a bit from david holmes's production actually mm. i'm i i'm gonna say uh, of the two uh and i'm gonna and then i'm gonna get on to noel properly um of the two i probably prefer the liam album because at least i feel with the liam gallagher album you're getting liam liam gallagher mm. i'm really not sure what you're getting with with the noel gallagher no Oh, Gallagher's high flying birds with this one, um, and partly as a as an Oasis fan, it make this album just annoys me, and it annoys me. And I hope I can convey this in, in an understandable way. Um, it annoys me because this is this is an album that should have come out fifteen or twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, when they should have taken the risk when instead of doing I don't know um, 
standing on the shoulder of giants or whatever came after Beer now. Yeah. They should have taken the bloody risk then, got David Holmes in at the height of his powers to produce the Oasis album and produce the bloody Oasis album that they always said they would do. Yeah. The sort of experimental album, sort of the psychedelic pop dance album, which I think I think I think Noel Gallagher still keep trying to scratch this particular itch. Yes, I think you're right. And he does this on this album. He, he sort of does it well, but but I, I just get frustrated as a fan because I think it's too bloody late, mate. It, it it's done. Yeah. And 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 as I was gonna say, it's a good again. It's a good album, but but I'm afraid it's just too late. It's just too late for me. It's personal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's them both have the Christmas card. Right? <laughs> that's them both have the Christmas card. Right? Anyway, so there you go. So that's, the um, so that's me saying goodbye to Manchester. Sorry about that. So let's go to America then. Let's go to America. Uh, and Taylor Swift's reputation. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm certain it's probably already the biggest uh, album, album of the year because, you know, that's kind of what happens with these kind of, these kind of things. Um, I have to say... This is, uh, before I say some nice things about it, I have to say overall I think it's quite a disappointing record. Uh, you'll talk perhaps in the next podcast about disappointing records even more. <laughs> um, but it is that kind of thing you think, okay, 1989, I mean, we've discussed it several times last year, partly because of Ryan Adams' cover version, entire cover version. It was it was, yes, um, yeah. but as yeah, the point was, the original, her original version was a good record, and yeah. then therefore, therefore, his, that's why the, the covers record worked because yeah. all the songs were were pretty good. This, I think, suffers from the thing they've brought up on previous album reviews we've done uh, with Katy Perry and and people like that, that 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 when it's you seem you seem to have these. Artists that come along, frequently female artists, who come along and have a, actually have a unique voice and a unique kind of presence, and then suddenly seem to be getting dragged into the kind of middle ground of samey sounding pop music. And I think there are huge chunks of this record that suffer from that kind of that kind of thing. Um, on the positive side, I, I think you know. It's not a dreadful record, you know. It's, there's, there's, there is still some good material, material on here. I like, you know, I did something bad. Don't blame me. So it goes. Stuff like that. Dress, which could have been, you know, it's the kind of kind of song that you could imagine Prince writing for Taylor Swift to do. It has that kind of different, that kind of vibe to it. Um, and even, you know, the the first the first single, look what you maybe do, which I hated originally. But <laughs> you know, the. If you've got a sample right said Fred, then eventually it's going to wear you down. And it's, it's quite quite fun. Lyrically, given that we um, have criticised artists, particularly Drake, uh, in the past for basically spending a whole album just talking about themselves, fuck me, does Taylor Swift talk about herself a lot on this record. Mm. A lot. It's like narcissism central here. It's just like... and Not always in a appealing way I don't think uh, to, in, in the way that you're kind of on her side um, so 55 minutes it felt long to me and a bit bloated and yeah. so, so my, my, my takeaway from it is there's half a good record here and the rest of it's kind of filler for me 
it's it's certainly more filler towards the end um and it felt like it was too long and in terms of really solid pop out good quality pop albums this year uh, for the, for me this fell short yeah of qualifying for that be, just because of the, the bloatedness of it um and I mean, to be honest, with you, I still think, I still think the um, the lyrics are good. Oh, there's, there's not, still some not really, great. Yeah, but, there's, but there's still, still there's still some good storytelling. Still, and, and, good, and humorous yeah, exactly. storytelling. And humorous storytelling. So so as narcissistic as it may be, um, it's still funny at times. Yeah. Um, so there is so, so that sort of it makes it sort of brings it back from being Drake <laughs> because it's actually quite endearing. Some of it's quite endearing. Um, I love the little clip in the middle of the single where she's like, you know, Taylor can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. <laughs> I like, I like that, you know. Um, so, so some of it, some of it's fun. I mean, a lot of it's fun. It's pop music, it's throwaway stuff. It's brilliant. Um, but warning, people, this album does feature Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, yes, it does. That came as a shock because, uh, because for no apparent reason either. Really. We haven't had enough of them this year. No. He has to. He says not, not content with having the biggest selling album of the year. He then puts himself on the other biggest selling album of the year. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Showing uh, off his rapping skills. Exactly, exactly. Um, so go away, girl. It isn't. But I. I so so. Sorry. Oh my God, no. Sorry. So <laughs> I'm assuming so, that I'm assuming that's your single of the year. So I mean, obviously, thinking recently about what my um what my um what what our various lists for the year, our review of the year yeah. looks like. Uh, this clearly fell short. Of uh, of a top twenty list, um, yes. it, it could have bubbled bubbled around my top twenty five maybe on a good day. Yeah, I yeah. think that's fair. I, I, I have to say the same. I'm kind of in that same kind of. Because um, it's a good, it's a good pop album. But it's just, I suppose, yeah, I suppose that's the problem if you if you set yourself a standard to a certain extent if it kind of form below that, which is why I kind of found I I said I think it's I found it a disappointing record because I was, I was hoping. For better mm. than it turned out to be. Right, leaving aside totally new releases, we <laughs> move on to three releases that um, we didn't obviously didn't listen to when they came, came out, but have got quite a lot of critical acclaim. So we thought, hey, let's do them. Let's just see if we are not missing something big this year. Christmas mopping up. Yeah, a <laughs> uh, couple of them are quite long. Has to be said. Well, they're all, they're all close to an hour, uh, hour long. But the, the, lo the longest album by far is the first one. So it's uh, the return of James Murphy and LCD Sound System after they famously split up, or at least ended the kind of the band in 2010. Um, and American Dream, Pete. This is a grower, actually. Um, didn't think much of it the first time I listened through to it. In fact, didn't thought, thought very little. Yeah, I thought, oh dear. Um, there are some bands you just don't want to come back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, this is very close to being one of them. Uh, but actually, on repeated listen, um, and even by the end of the second listen through, uh, I thought yeah, it's, it's all right. This is um, it's I don't want to say dated because it's not, but but it hasn't very much. Um, an eighties vibe to it, and late seventies, early eighties, yeah, definitely yeah, early eighties in particular. And sometimes that works, um, and particularly 
when you you suddenly think you're listening to a, a, a Talking Heads track. Yeah, other voices. The second track is, but it's just pure Talking it's Heads. Just, that is pure, yeah, Talking Heads. Uh, but it sort of comes up again throughout the throughout the album, uh, and then other times it's perhaps a little bit more hit and miss. Um, and again, I think it goes on too long. It's very bloated, particularly towards the end. Um, but actually, I, I, I enjoyed this on repeated listen. It was worthwhile, but certainly not the standard of where they were. Yeah, I, I, I agree on the repeated listen thing. I, 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 this has been one of my favourite albums of the of, of, the, of December, December. I've really, really enjoyed this, this record. Uh, again, first listen, I was kind of take it or leave it. Um, but then the more I listened to it, the more I got, in, got into it, and it, it is it is funny because I should say what I like about it is is you have the best talking other voices is the best talking heads song talking heads haven't done yeah it also has uh, by far the best U two song on it that um, U two haven't recorded which is called the police which just sounds pure U two uh, in fact I heard I heard call the police on the radio and then had a conversation with somebody not long after it when someone was asking me if I'd heard the new U two single and I thought it was that really <laughs> yeah uh-huh. and then and then discovered it wasn't that at all and we were talking about two different songs although for the re- for the record new U two single actually okay yeah. However, um, yeah, the, the, the kind of late seventies, early eighties thing is definitely present in here. There's, I think there's a lot of reference points to that to, to that kind of period. So you got nod, nods to our dearly departed friend, Mr. Bowie, in particular. Yes. Um, both subtly in just the general tone of some of the songs, and um, quite blatantly lyrically in the final track on the album Black Screen, which is pretty much about Mr. Bowie. Um, and what I like also is the still he hasn't lost the humour. So emotional haircut, the other thing is, is just is daft. Yes, frankly, um, but daft in a good way. Uh, and also about people talking about things that have happened in the past. How do you how do you sleep? Uh, which is in the middle of the al- album, is a track where he's kind of discussing the breakup of the um, the record label that they that they founded and he fell out with the the guy. Who, Co-founded the label with him, and this kind of addresses that kind of thing. You know, I remember when we were friends. I remember calling you a friend, that kind of that kind of stuff. And overall, um, even though it does rattle on for sixty-eight minutes, which is quite long, and I, you know, regular listeners listeners will know how often I rail against albums that aren't forty minutes long. Um, but. This kind of took me along for the ride and mostly kept me engaged for that mm. amount of time. So much so that I have actually listened to it quite a few times. Yeah. So overall, thumbs up for me. Yeah, thumbs up. Surprisingly. Uh, moving on to uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, like I said, this, this, this album is by far the critics' favourite album of the year. As I think was to Pimper Butterfly um, when it came out a couple of years, years back. Uh, I kind of feel the same way, same way about this album as I did about that, to be honest. Um, in the fact that I find a lot on it to admire, uh, but I still end up being ending it feeling not as engaged as I want to be by somebody that clearly has this amount of talent. And I'm not sure what it is that's, that's getting in between Mr. Lamar and me. Mm-hmm. Um, Album starts off alright, it's got a quite interesting start with with blurred into into DNA, which is quite a thing. I then, for, for me, 
next few tracks I just lose interest totally. Then comes Strong again in the, in the middle with Pride and Humble particularly, really 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 good. And the last third of the album is pretty much faultless as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, even have the aforementioned U2 making, making an appearance. Which is quite um, a nice cameo. And Love, the song uh, which is featured in Zachary, is uh, one that was co-written by Greg Kirsten. Ah. Uh, I did say he was going to crop up again. You did. So I've listened to this album a few, ti- a few times. Failed. Second, as I said, the second half of the album is the album is this half of the album that genuinely works for me, and I can see why the plaudits are there. First half of the album is just a bit too stop-starty for me, and I can't really get a grip on it enough to be engaged. Hmm. So I, I know where you're coming from, but I, I again repeated listenings. I actually quite I enjoyed this album yeah um you know so much so i i can appreciate where the um where the the plaudits yeah are coming from um i do like both uh the production and the um the lyric lyrical style um and and whilst this again it's a long album but uh, unlike a couple of others that we've reviewed doesn't yeah. feel bloated at all. Probably help, as you said, that 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 second half is um, usually is yeah. uh, is probably the better half. But I mean, I I really like I really like the, the sort of initial running as well. What I like about this album, what I liked about Killer Butterfly as well, is is you feel that there's um, a purpose. Mm. across the entire it is an album in the old fashioned sense it, yes you know the, the story that it has a start a middle and an end um, and actually it, there is a purpose to the album it sort of sets its stall out in the first few tracks it sort of beds down and then it comes through and delivers in that final third um, so I think again the talent is there to do that and the uh, and the motivation is there to do that and I, I can understand why it's got the appreciation it it has um, it's not one of my favourite albums of the year uh, yeah. but again I, I, it, of, of this particular podcast it's up there mm. without giving too much away so let's finish off and I'll come back to you again because you know it is Friday, it is Christmas what, <laughs> we're, all, what we're all thinking is Let's get drunk, and thankfully, Mr. Thundercat, also known as Stephen Brunner, mm. has also had that same thought and delivered the entire album around that one theme. <laughs> and I'm going to say straight off, hats off, frankly. Yeah. So the question is, Pete, does does it work? Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> so I've just talked about when I go about and how a good album make a start, middle, and an end. Well, this this definitely works. Um, yeah, I did, again, what I really liked about this album. Again, it was quite lengthy. Um, it's le- le- lengthy, but you should say it's lengthy. It's the same. But entertaining. It has, it has twenty three tracks on it, but that yes. that, that, that only still only lasts fifty minutes. Exactly. Essentially. But it's entertaining, um, and covers again covers. It goes into other areas. Of um, of music, which um, which sort of keeps things different, um, 
you got Lamar and. So say Kendrick Lamar's on this album for now. He's all over this album, and uh, Khalifa as well is here. Um, so. But they're sat alongside Michael McDonald and Kenny yeah, Loggins. But then, yes, exactly. Then you've got all these other sort of kind of weird and wonderful sort of cameos and appearances as well. Um, I, I, this for me, this and the Kendrick Lamar album were sort of competing for me for for a spot in my my final list. No spoilers because that's coming up a later yeah. podcast. Um, but but the, the, you, the two are very sort of um, almost like. In my mind, have become a companion piece. Maybe yeah. it's because we reviewed them at the same time. Who knows? But you know, but I, I, I really, again, I really enjoyed the sound. Very entertaining. Uh, well, as, as as you know, I I only remembered we were reviewing this album today. <laughs> so you did I'm, well. I've had to I run. can top that though. Yeah, yeah. You and can. I will in a moment. I've had to I've had to, I've had to rush review this. Uh, although <laughs> I still managed to get I still managed to get two listens in. So well I'm, done. I'm I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that those two, those two listens have been very pleasurable. They say the joy of this album is there are so many tracks, and what that actually means is that none of the tracks last long, really last long enough for you to get bored with them. Mm. Uh, and whilst there is definitely a mid seventies, yes, soul funk thing, definitely overarching theme to, around the album. There's a lot more going on, on in that that that. So, I mean, obviously, well, the, the first thing I did, I, I, I kind of sent you an email email earlier on because it opens with a thing called Robert Ho, which is just 38 eight minutes, but it's like pure Todd Rundgren. It is intro, pure 70s Rundgren yes. intro, and then he goes into Captain Stupido, which is again equally bonkers. Yeah. Um, and it so it does have that kind of thing of of. of Literally amalgamating Hall and Oates, Hall and Oates, Todd Rundgren, yep. all that kind of all the kind of Philly soul thing, straight out funk, and then just some weird shit, friendly. Um, and and it and it, but it all kind of flows naturally, yeah, and just kind of works. And you you get you get to the end and kind of think, oh, that was quite fun. Yeah, I felt I felt I felt if if Todd Rundgren ever went into sort of um wanted to produce a rap album or, or, or any other sort of sort of black music of today I felt this is how it could end up sounding yeah <laughs> and, no I think, I think that's quite a fair statement actually. yeah um, yeah so it's it's it and, and like lyrically it's it's very music as well because it, it, it is like it does just take the whole theme of of drinking there's a good there's a good Twitter line in there at one point um, yes Yes, and yeah. it's it, it's a it's a really really fun record that um, is one that I'm definitely going to listen to more post podcast not yes. immediately post podcast to understand but certainly post podcast. Um, anyway, because it's Christmas, we decided Woo! on Pete's recommendation on my recommendation <laughs> uh, that we should do a Christmas album, which is Sears Every Day Is Christmas. Yeah. So Pete, what did you think of this? Well, I'm glad it. I, didn't, I recommended this one and not the other one I was going to recommend, which was that bloke out of Keen that I see. Oh, been, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'd be thankful. I then completely forgot yeah. <laughs> that I was going to recommend this. An album written and produced by Sia and exactly. our friend Greg. Okay, again. Greg's back again. So, um, so I did a quick speed listen of some of the album on our way into the Vineland studio. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's, it's a bunch of Christmas songs by Sia. Yeah. Yeah, that's my festive review. Thanks, folks. That's true. 
35 minutes. Thanks for a wonderful year. <laughs> yeah, 35 minutes, 10 songs. Some critics have said, have been quite snooty about it, saying, you know, yeah. mm, uh, she keeps singing about the same kind of stuff. You're thinking, it's a Christmas record. It's a Christmas There's a, record. only so much stuff you can... I'm right, right. They're all original like, songs as well. So, they are all original songs as I mean, well. hey, yeah. so at least it's not 15 covers of Little Drummer Boy. No, and it, 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 it sound, the, the kind of sound of the album... To do. Yeah, the sound of the album <laughs> is kind of a mix between that kind of... Phil Spector-esque <laughs> wall of sound with Amy Winehouse-style vocals. Indeed. For the most part. Um, and, you know, it is lyrically and musically repetitive. However, I think overall it kind of works more than it doesn't work. Mm. Um, and in Santa's Coming For Us, which is the single, and Ho Ho Ho, which is another drinking song, actually, uh, in the middle of the album, it has two of, in my, my mind, better Christmas songs to come along in a long while. Um, it even has a song called Puppies Off Forever, you know, not just Christmas, which is both really, really, truly dreadful and by far the song I've been singing most over the last five days. Uh, so I'm now a huge fan of that. And also the song called Snow, Snowman, which is the third track, yeah. which is uh, a kind of romantic kind of thing, which also one snowman talking to another snowman who's kind of melting away, kind of thing. Oh. Which is quite slushy. No. Oh. Sorry. I just mouthed the big swear word. Yeah. <laughs> And that actually just genuinely came to me then as well, so yeah. I do, I do apologise. Um, so actually, it's not a bad Christmas record. Okay. Given, given, given that we have reviewed some quite dreadful Christmas records, we have in our time. Yeah, so we stopped doing it. Exactly, <laughs> it is. Uh, overall, actually, right. Yeah. Um, as for my album with the podcast, uh, oh, uh, hmm. Mm. I have a strange feeling if we had, if I'd have actually done my homework correctly, um, it may possibly have ended up as Thundercat. Yeah. But since I didn't, I have to be honest and say it's probably LCD Sound System. Okay. Uh, again, Thundercat probably comes a close second for me. Uh, but I'm going to go with Kendrick Lamar. And there goes another year. And that's it. Yeah. Join us again another for year over. the usual roundup of what our favourite albums of the year were because I'm sure you're all looking forward to that uh, and more importantly what the worst album of the year was and other exciting categories got a few surprises honest honest we have tune please, in again please come back please come back Merry Christmas <laughs>